The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. I'm your host, JP John Paz. With me, very special guest here talking Royal Rumble 1997. He is, of course, the former head writer for WCW and the WWF, former WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Believe it or not, he is Mr. Vince Russo. Vince, welcome back. What do you mean, believe it or not? What does that mean? Former WCW World Champion, believe it or not. What what do you mean, Uh, John Biden? What's that, a slight? I don't know. I don't know. Hulk Hogan, Russo, I don't know. You know, Ric Flair, Russo, I don't know. And plus the fact it was never uh, it was never recognized like in in those almanacs and stuff like that. I'm like, oh 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 oh, bro, brother. Oh, it happened. It it, it definitely happened. Oh uh, yeah, it did happen. Yeah. So just got to ask you a question real quick about Royal Rumble 1998 because Larry keeps asking me. He said, "Why did Double J attack Owen Hart at Royal Rumble 1998?" I said, "I have no idea. I barely remembered it." But is there a reason behind? Were they going to start a feud? Let's do the math, bro. 98, okay. 2008, 2018, 2022. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that 24 years ago? Yes. Larry, listen, with all due respect, Larry, uh, it's very kind of you to support these shows. Larry, how do you expect <laughs> me to remember something as insignificant as that from 24 years ago i don't have a clue bro don't have a clue it's been bothering him he wants to know he, he says it didn't make sense so you wanna... <laughs> don't have a clue i, I mean I, I would have to see where they went from there i mean I, you know if i went back and i watched it and then i watched the follow-up raws I would be able to tell you. I mean, we did everything for a reason. You know, there was a reason behind everything. So I'd really have to see where it went. So we're actually talking Royal Rumble 97 here, but I just wanted to ask you about this because we talked about this the last time with McMahon, obviously Vince McMahon, and the Pandora's box being opened. The total is up to 19.6 million. The last time we talked, I think it was 14.6. So Bumping up, bumping up. Every time we hear a story from the Wall Street Journal or wherever else, WB is supposedly investigating Vince, all this extra money. You called it, right? I mean, you said it's going to be more and more. And, and I still don't think that's the end of it, bro. I mean, I really, really don't. I, I mean, because when you get investigated like this, John, I mean, you're you're looking under every rock, man. You're 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 looking for everything and anything. And uh, you know, now he's showing a pattern of a you know, of a, of a number of, you know, payments, you know, it's not just one, it wasn't just one incident and it keeps growing. And the more it grows, the more rocks they're going to look under. And I, I still don't think it's over. Do you think that this Trump, now they're saying uh, he donated money to Trump foundation. Do you think Trump is somehow tied into this? Cause that's like the latest, the latest breaking news that he gave $5 million to the Trump foundation. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I'm I'm sure that was just a political uh, donation, um, you know. But there are people that believe, bro, that they're going after him because he was a Trump supporter. I mean, so th- there are people that believe that as well. But you know, bro, he, he here's the thing: at the end of the day, and I believe that too, bro. I I believe there are people uh, that get targeted. I, I really, really do believe that. And let's face it, man, Vince could be one of those people. However, bro, that's why you don't do anything illegal. Because at the end of the day, bro, if you know, if if you've got if you've got, you know, issues 
and incidences you're hiding in a closet. If somebody wants to get you, they're going to find those, bro. So, like, I would not doubt could could Vince have been a target with his ties to uh, Trump? Could there have been, you know, somebody high up that wanted to take Vince down? Absolutely. But if there's nothing there, there's nothing there. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people that would want to take Vince Russo down. Yeah, yeah, bro, go look and see if you could find anything on me because you're never going to find anything. And you know why, John? Because that's always, especially in the wrestling business, that was always in the back of my mind. Always in the back of my mind, bro. And that's why I did everything above board. I was very careful. Uh, you know, my... um my relationships, you know, with the female wrestlers that I worked with and, and the etiquette, you know, with, with the women, bro, I was very conscious and careful and aware of that while I was working. And I mean, come on, bro. I worked with some beautiful women. I was in a position of power, but I understood all these things. And that's why you know, I, I really, really, really always took extra precaution because, you know, I mean, if, 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 if you make one mistake or one stumble, bro, it could come back to haunt you forever. Do you think Vince thought he was like above the law because he's the owner of the company, can kind of do whatever he wants, even though they're a public traded company, he just thought he was like above the rules? Absolutely. I, I, I think so, bro. I, you know, I, I think he got a little cocky and I think years and decades went by and, you know, nobody found anything out and he started getting more and more comfortable. But again, bro, I'm just going to go back to if somebody wants to get you and there is something to get you on, they will get you. With him, too, if you think about it, $20 million, five times what he paid for WCW. That's the amount of money he wouldn't give Bret Hart for a lifetime contract. No, he, he wanted me to. Uh, you know, th this is a this is a uh, an email exchange I had with him back in October. He wanted me to critique some of the Raw shows for free, and I'm like, what? No, but bro, I don't, I don't, I don't work for free. I, I've been in this business for 30 years. I worked for you. You know what I'm capable of doing? No. So it, when I look back at that now, I'm like, are you out of your freaking mind, bro? You got $20 million in, in suspicious payoffs and you wanted me to work for free? Ludicrous, bro. What was the reasoning behind like you working for free? Did he mention like, oh, I want you to prove yourself, or like, what was the reason? I mean, that, that? that's that's basically what it was. Oh yeah, cr critique critique the the next couple of roars, whatever, and I'll see if you have anything to offer. Kiss my freaking ass, bro! I was reaching out to him not because I needed the job. I mean, thank God, knock on wood, you know. Uh, Russo's brand, you know, going over eight years strong. This is how I make my living. I love it. I I don't. I don't go on the road anymore. I get so many requests, bro, for conventions and, and stuff like that. John, you you know, I don't take yep. them. If if I needed the money, I would take those. Thank God I don't. But yeah, like I, I don't know what he was thinking, but you know, I offered to help because the show sucked. And I offered to just, you know, as a consultant, I, I I'm I'm not interested in getting on a plane and moving to Connecticut or nothing like that. I'm not interested. I just think, you know, you can use a consultant, especially somebody from the outside. And uh, yeah, bro, he he wanted me to jump through hoops. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know, bro. I don't I don't know who he thought he was talking to, but it was it was insanity. And then, bro, when I turned him down. His comment to me was, oh, pal, you think pretty highly of yourself, don't you? I mean, that's what he said. And I'm like, bro, no, I don't think highly of myself at all. But I do I do think that if I'm, I work for you or if I'm doing this for you, I should be paid. Uh, bro, I'm the first one that goes on here all the time. And I say nobody should work for free, bro, especially in the wrestling business. Because if you work for free, you're always going to work for free. That's how the wrestling business works. So to say, you know, oh, you think highly of yourself. 
because I want to get paid for my time? I, I mean, I, bro, I, I swear to God, I, I didn't even answer him. I didn't even reply back. I didn't even say anything to him. And um, I mean, look, look where he is. Who, who, who thinks pretty, pretty highly of themselves now, me or him? So why did you want to work there, though? Do you just, like, want to help them? Do you, you see to, something I that... Didn't want, I didn't want to work there, bro. I didn't. But why would you want to work. consult for them? Yeah, though? I offered... Because the show sucks, bro. And I'll be honest with you, John. I've got to sit here and watch it every week. Because I, I get paid to watch the show. And, bro, the only show I get paid to watch is Raw. That's, I don't watch nothing else. I get paid to watch Raw... And that's why I watch Raw. And every Monday night, it's it's excruciating. And and there are so many things, bro, that that are such a simple fix. I mean, so many things. So that's so in my mind, as a businessman, I'm watching the show anyway. Your show freaking sucks. I can sit here and I can consult. And let you know what the problems are with the show. And that literally is just another avenue stream for Russo's brand. I mean, it's really that simple. It's it's business. I didn't, I didn't need the job. I didn't, I didn't need the money. I did not want a full-time job. I made that clear to him. I made it clear. I, and bro, and I say that all the time. I will consult with anybody. Bro, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, John, for two years. Recently, for two years, bro, I'm, I'm not going to say who, but anybody could do the simple calculations. I was a consultant for a major television network in the wrestling game. For, for two years, I did that. No, nobody knows that because no, nobody asks any questions. They only, they only give a shit about is, oh, is the MJF thing a work? I was working with one of the major networks involved in major wrestling for two years. And every single week, bro, I, I sat down, I critiqued the show, I sent in a report, I sent in ideas, because that that that's how I look at, um, you know, my livelihood now. You know, ba based on what I did in my background and my experience, bro, I have the tools where I can help you. I certainly am not going to help you for free. I could care less if you're Vince McMahon or not. Does the company that you were watching the TV, do they know that you were consulting for the network or no? Who, who now? What do you mean? Like the wrestling company that you're watching. Do no, they know? that? Oh, abso no. okay. Absolutely not. It, it, it was between me and the network. Uh, the company absolutely did not know. How does that come about? They contact you and say, hey, I you contacted know, you them. Oh, okay. Same thing, uh, bro. Listen, I'm I'm Russo's brand, and you know, like I said, I am a I'm a consultant. I'm a freelancer in in a lot of ways. The show sucked. I knew they could not be happy with the ratings. So Did they know I, that you were the reason. Oh, for, like, they the knew good they, writing they, back. They, in? Okay. They, oh, absolutely. Okay. They they knew me. They knew my background. They took my phone call immediately, and it was not difficult to to make. Uh, that deal but yeah no sa same thing i i approach them the same way i approached vince are you still doing that today no i am not no i stopped doing that at about um right right before wrestlemania but i had done it for two years prior is there like a reason why you don't do that anymore or you just you were just done with it <laughs> no no bro, bro listen I'll, I'll be honest with you it was great money, John. I I I hated doing it. Bro, I, <laughs> I, I just hate wrestling. I hated doing it. But bro, if if I tell you the reasons why we stopped doing it, you know, it was it was mutual. Everything was cool, everything was above board. It would 100 percent tip the scale of who I was doing it for because you 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 would understand. And that's why, like, I really don't want to get into it. But um, I did it. I did it for two years. We just ended the relationship right before WrestleMania. And, you know, once that relationship ended, that's when I contacted Vince because I was available now to, right. to do other consulting. But, um, yeah, bro, he, um, you know, uh, uh, again, bro, it's like he, he – 
man, the man is just so delusional. The the show sucks. The numbers and the ratings are in the toilet. And you think you're somehow doing me a favor by allowing me to help you. And I was, I mean, bro, at that point, I was like, and bro, I'll tell you right now, I, I'll throw this out there right now. And I, I even had a talk um, very, very recently um, with somebody, you know, up the food chain in WWE. Bro, I'm offering those same services to Triple H. I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, I w- and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I said to them, bro. Bro, they need somebody with eyes from the outside, not somebody in the wrestling bubble. They need somebody who's watching this show on a weekly basis that is not a part of the company, you know, that is not in the wrestling business, that is looking at it as a casual fan that could tell you all the reasons why casual fans no longer watch this show. This is what you have to do to get them back. I would do that for Triple H in a heartbeat. I would do that for Tony Khan in a heartbeat. But, you know, bro, that, that that's the problem. They think they, they know all the answers. And they don't, bro. I remember when AEW, when NXT moved off of AEW's night, bro, everybody, everybody said over a million viewers was a, was a gimme. And, and you can go back and watch my shows. And I'm like, no, it's not. Bro, they're going to struggle to get a million viewers, even without NXT on that night. They're going to struggle. And where are they, bro? They can't get back over that 1 million viewers. And a lot of this, bro, is freaking ego. A lot of it is ego because I could help Tony Khan get over a million viewers tomorrow. Tomorrow. This man would never have a conversation with me. And I don't care. I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not applying for a job. This is my job. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taken care of. I'm fine. Um, but do I still want to help the industry? Absolutely, bro. I would love to bring the the casual fans back to wrestling because the more casual fans that come back to wrestling, the more money Russo's brand is going to make. The more money two-man power trip is going to make. If wrestling were more popular again, people like you and I would make more money because there would be more customers, bro. I I can't tell you a lot of times, John, when people unsubscribe to Russo's brand, I always contact them and ask them why. 99.9% of the time, John, I don't watch wrestling anymore. I just don't watch it. I, I I lost interest in wrestling anymore, man. I just don't watch it anymore. 99% of these subscribers that I lose. So does it benefit me for AEW and WWE to be, uh, you know, be drawing more people? Absolutely. Am I willing to help that on a consultant basis? Absolutely. But their ego uh, just will not allow them to say, Man, bro, you know, that guy was the head writer when, you know, we were pulling in huge numbers. Bro, TNA did 2 million viewers, you know, one to that guy. That that guy must know something that we don't. But, you know, e- ego disallows that, bro, and that's fine with me. I just wish we could bring those masses back to wrestling. What do you think about Triple H so far? He's creative. As good as Vince, better than Vince, same as Vince. Like, what do you think? Oh, it's it's the same pitfalls. He's not a writer. He's not a writer. So he's bringing in all his ex NXT guys, putting them out there on the main stage. No buildup, no story, no reason, and the casual fan does not even know who these people are, bro. I am in the wrestling business. I had no idea who those two women were with Bailey. No idea. And I'll be honest with you, bro. Having no idea who they are, when I'm a casual fan and I'm seeing them for the first time, they're not impressive looking. It's not It's not a China where I'm going to say, holy crap, who's this? It looks like two other wrestlers on the roster. 
And again, bro, you need to know how to be a writer in order to bring them in and introduce them the right way. You know, you know, bro. It, it's funny. Carrion Cross shows up and attacks Drew. Drew Barry. Uh, Drew. Um. Uh, 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 McIntyre. I, I don't watch SmackDown, but I knew that that happened. You know, basically. And and I saw the clip, and you know, there's there's a big cloud of smoke. Bro, how do you explain that? Like, who 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 who's cueing the smoke? Like, you know, the, the guy just shows up and there's no story. There's no explanation. There's nothing. That's because, bro, they're not writers. The story is missing. The characters are missing because that really takes writers. It is pretty much like he's bringing back his guys, but you're like, you're right. Like Bailey and those two girls come out, Dakota Kai and EO Sky. They should have came out with her because everybody knows Bailey and then she gets kind of say who they are. But I don't know. I thought that was a bit of a miss. Like as, as soon as their music hit, no pop for either one of them. Nobody, because nobody, the casual WB audience didn't know who they were. No, bro. Th- th- yeah. Like 30 to 33%, something like that. 30 to 33% of the people that watch Raw watch NXT. Right. So like 66%, two thirds of your audience have no idea who the people are. And how many times, bro, have they made the mistake of bringing in people, people, the Chris Lee's, you know, cross before. How many times have they made that mistake of bringing in these people with no story, no nothing, and they never get over? Is Damian Priest over? Like, really, bro? Give me a break. He's not over. They did the same thing. The, the guy came out, and he was shooting arrows. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, what, what? He's Green Lantern? Like, what? what's he? He's yeah. Arrow Man? I didn't I didn't know. Is Finn Balor over? Should be, but he's not. Right, exactly. Because the presentation, bro, you've got, you've got one first impression. And if you don't do that the correct way, they're another wrestler on the card. That's all they are, bro. And I love Cross and Scarlet. I mean, she's gorgeous, obviously, but I mean, he looks like a million bucks too. I mean, he's 6'4, right. 275. He's just a, you know, he, he's a big dude, especially in this time and age. I mean, he's huge. So right. I think that those two can't go far, but they got to kind of explain not just, oh, he was undefeated in NXT or whatever. You know, they got to right. go Absolutely, further. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. I mean, I, didn't did Asuka come in from NXT undefeated? Yep. Where, where is she today? Dancing on Raw with Alexa Bliss. There you go, bro. Yeah, Alexa Bliss. Like, I mean, look look at what she went through. You got to bring them in with a solid. Uh, every time I say Alexa, that goes up. Alexa. Oh, yeah, just, uh, I can't say her name every time. I yeah, do. Bliss. Bliss. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the topic at hand today, Royal Rumble 1997. Let's get into it. January 19th, San Antonio, Texas at the Alamo Dome. The attendance, they said, was 60,477. I did uh, some bro, big... Now, 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 now it brings back memories. Now okay. I could tell this to Larry, okay? Yes. I, was not the, I was not the head writer solo at this time. And I remember that vividly, bro. And I'll tell you how I remember vividly. I did not go, I did not even go to the show. Really? I, I, I wow. was not at the Alamo Dome. I was not at the show. If I was the head writer, no way in the world could I not have been at the show. But um, I did not go to the show. And, you know, like really at the beginning of 1977 is when I really, it really became me and Vince. Like I, right away, it was me, Vince and Jim Cornette. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, Cornette was there when Chainsaw Charlie was introduced, but not, not long after that, Cornette was gone. And that's when it was just me and Vince. So to answer Larry's question, Bro, I wouldn't be able to answer that question because I did not write that. So I I would not be able to answer that because that definitely was not something that I wrote. So the attendance, just to get back to that for just one second, they said it's 60,477, but I did some digging. The real attendance was 47,514. Still pretty good. Obviously, they made it sound better, but they did give away a, a bunch of comps yeah. and other stuff. So not bad. And uh, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, they called that one, and I believe 
if I'm remembering correctly, because I didn't write it down, but the pay-per-view buy rate wasn't that great. It was somewhere around 200,000, something like that. What yeah. It wasn't great for... Yeah. Yes, uh, you know, I know one. Larry's going to have a lot of questions, bro. I, th- this is the, the Jose Lotharios one, right? Yep. I did not write this pay-per-view. I, I mean, this... Were this, you a this, part of the writing team? Uh, I, I, bro, I wouldn't... I, I I was on the cusp. I was on the cusp. Um, but uh, this... um. Yeah, bro. I, I th- this is a stage I would really say where I was on the cusp. Um, I was. This is after. Um, wait a minute. No, no, no. The Survivor Series, Brett and Sean was ninety seven. Yeah. So this is before that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, bro. I, I was. Ju- I was like just sitting in on creative at this point, pretty much keeping my mouth shut. So this pay-per-view did 244K, but the attendance is amazing because at this point in early 97, WCW is kicking your ass. I mean, that's got to be damn impressive just to get a number like that. I know, I know they were very, very, very concerned about putting asses in seats because the Alamo Dome was big. And I know they gave a lot. I mean, they gave a lot of tickets away. So, I, you know, even that 43,000 number, I don't know how many of those were comps. But I do remember, bro, there was a great, great concern of getting people in that stadium. With Shawn Michaels, yeah, I know he's not the champ at this point. Sid is the champ. But Michaels was supposed to be the big draw, and he really was. I mean, NWO was just thrashing you guys. I mean, this was part of the 83 weeks of dominance here. I mean, just killing you guys. Were you guys at all concerned? Like, hey, Michaels, I don't think he's the guy. You know what I mean? Bro, it it wasn't my call at the time. I'm I'm telling you, I, I hate to disappoint Larry, bro, but I was not a main fixture in creative at that time. Because like I said, I know uh vividly i did not go to this event and if i was heavily involved with the writing and the booking there's no way on earth i would have not been there what did you think about michael's title run because he's the guy now and it's not going that great bro i will tell you this now i could tell you this this is what i was doing at that time bro i was writing every single promo for Shawn Michaels. And when I when I say writing every single promo, I mean I was down with him at the television studio where we were feeding everything into a teleprompter. So he was reading my promos word for word. Wow. And I now, now this I remember because this was my involvement at the time. Um I was writing a lot for Shawn and I do remember, bro, because Sean and I both hated this. And Vince has done this over and over and over and over again from, from day one. He was trying so desperately for Sean to be a babyface. And, you know, that's all the promos I wrote had to be babyface promos. And I remember, bro, I wasn't feeling them. Sean wasn't feeling them. Sean wasn't believing that he was this character that he was portraying. And, bro, I got to tell you, man, when a talent isn't feeling it, it's not going to work. And Vince was trying to force baby-faced Sean down everybody's throat and nobody was buying it. It had nothing to do with his work ethic, bro. It had nothing to do with his matches. He was going above and beyond the call of duty business-wise, making appearances and doing all that. But I could tell you right now, Sean, as a babyface, he wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying it. And the people certainly weren't buying it. I don't know if you'll remember this, but he's he's champ, right? He's the ba- supposed to be the babyface. And the crowd is chanting the F word that ends in G, ch- chanting G-A-Y, all like all this stuff at him. Do you remember that? And like, do you remember what his reaction was to all bro, that? It seemed like in the ring, he was pissed. Bro, I swear, I got to be honest with you. I've never, ever, ever seen this event. No, I'm just saying in general, leading up, oh, like even on Raws yeah. and stuff, like yeah. he, he would like the crowd would chant and then he'd be like yeah uh, i slept with your sister and your mother like as a baby face saying this stuff to the crowd well that's that's the thing man that's that's the thing with vince bro that is the thing 
Bro, my success was, um, and this was such a great advantage I had at the WWE, I, I would get out in the people. So the combination of studying the ratings inside out, getting that crowd response, that's how we would adjust the show. Uh, we listen to the people, bro, 100%. We watch the ratings. That's the people speaking in the arenas. That was the one bad thing about Vince, bro. If if he wanted to do something and it clearly and obviously wasn't working, Vince was going to continue to do it just to prove that it was going to work. He would He would never just admit, He's not a baby face. They're not going to buy him as a baby face. I mean, bro, how long did we see that with Roman Reigns? We, yeah. we we saw it when Kevin Nash became the champion and he was on the cover of the WWE magazine, all smiles as a baby. He has a habit of doing that. And when the people don't go along with it, it, it it's now it's double down. That's that's that that's control, bro. That is control. He is trying to control the response of the audience. And when they're going the other way, he'll freaking double down. He he has always done that, bro. Why is that? I know it's a control thing, but why is it when, when your pockets might say differently? You know what I mean? Like diesel. Control, and- control, control, bro. Uh, you, you, you Over money. Yeah, bro. I'm telling you, the control is... You are going to accept Sean as a babyface, whether you like it or not. I- I'm telling you, bro, that's the control over money, over everything. That that is being a control freak. I feel like if the crowd is chanting that he's a heel, you know, the F word stuff, like it's like okay, that's you know, first of all, that's that era where they were allowed to to you know right. say stuff like that. But like as a babyface, it's like I, you can even tell like Jr's reaction is just like. Like, uh oh, like, what, oh, what, you know, what is Sean going to say here? And then Sean, like, curses at the crowd as a baby yeah. face. It's like, absolutely, not good. bro. That, 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 that's Vince being stubborn and Vince having to be right. So, in the title run for Michaels, it's good in the ring, but not in, in the, the pockets. You know what I mean? Like, the, mm-hmm. the buy rates aren't good during his run. The, obviously, the ratings are way down. WWE's kicking their ass. NWO is dominating. So, they make a little bit of a change. And at Survivor Series, at MSG, they have Brett come back. He beats Steve Austin. They have Sid in the main event, who is clearly the heel. I mean, he beat up Jose Lothario, beat up Jose Lothario's kid. I mean, he's definitely the heel. He comes out at MSG, biggest baby. And I was at this show. Biggest baby face reaction. He's given the fist bump. Everyone's loving Sid. Michaels, the clear baby face, is getting booed out of the building. And nobody talks about this, but I saw it when I was there. My buddy who was sitting on the other side with, with his uh, family said to the same thing. Michaels was spitting on people in the crowd that were booing him. I don't doubt that for a second. And I then don't... and then he pretended like he wasn't. And then he goes, and he threw, he threw a big loogie and it would land on somebody. Yeah, That's how much he hated it. He hated what he was doing, bro. He hated what he was doing. And he was being a, you know, he was being the good soldier. He was doing everything Vince wanted him to do. Because he was the champion, bro, and he wanted to set the example. He wanted to be a locker room leader and let everybody see, I'm doing exactly what, but he inside, bro, he was absolutely hating it. Sid beats up Jose Lothario. So, you know, oh, okay, he's going to get booed. Nope, <laughs> gets cheered. He uses the camera on him. Like, nope, gets cheered. Everything about it, and Sid ends up winning, obviously, via, via cheating because he used the camera on Michaels. Yeah. yeah. They they still cheered, and they booed Michaels. Michaels was fuming. You could yeah. tell. It's like, okay, this guy totally broke character. He's because the baby face, but he, he's He pissed. knows it's wrong. He he knows it's wrong, bro. And and it and it is wrong. It absolutely is wrong. None of that. Uh, none of that was on Sean. He was trying to be the company guy. I'm the champion. I'm going to set an example. I'm not going to argue with Vince. I'm not going to fight with Vince. But he knew it was wrong. So obviously they go to the Alamo Dome, his hometown, San Antonio. So that's like, okay, he's got to get cheered here. He's got to be the baby. Pretty much did. I mean, he got he does get a good reaction. But is that like the thought process you think with Vince? It's like pretty much. We're going to put him in his hometown yeah, now. Now he's got to get cheered. Yeah, and that that's why Jose Lothario was there. I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, that's why he was there. 
Now, I don't know if this is true. I guess you, you could help me out here, though. I heard that he didn't even really like Jose Lothario. Is that true? Or he treated him poorly? Like, Cornette and a bunch of people have said, like, he didn't really treat Jose like his mentor. Like, he kind of was like, oh, whatever. Like, he wasn't oh, particularly I, happy with him. I, I don't know about that, bro. I can only tell you from my firsthand experience. And every time I saw Sean around Jose, he was very respectful. For, oh, okay. Every time I saw now, I don't know if he, I don't know what these guys saw, but I never ever saw him treat the guy disrespectfully. Do you think that there was a part of him was like, I don't really need like this storyline because this is like very, I don't know, 80s, 1970s style, like, oh, the mentor comes yeah, out with the yeah, student. I don't I don't think this is Sean's kind of storyline at all, bro. I I really don't think it's Sean's storyline at all. I, I think they knew, bro, they wanted to do Alamo Dome. Sean's hometown and you know again they were having the baby face problem so that's why they married Jose Lothario Lothario to him I I don't think he liked any of this bro I don't think he was a fan of any of this really interesting other storyline is with Bret Hart because Bret Hart at this point they kind of slowly but surely teasing that he's not like particularly happy with stuff that he's getting screwed left and right Steve Austin is a pain in the ass he should have beat Sid for the title you know he got cheated out of that uh Shawn Michaels is being you know the bally you know, the, the ballyhoo everything is about Michaels he, slowly but little hints of, of Bret Hart being a, a heel or being unhappy keep saying he was screwed so i feel like that is kind of a direction that you guys are headed in and the rumor is brett versus sean again at wrestlemania probably with brett going over and then sean is extremely not happy with that yeah one thing i really love bro and i'll always remember this vividly vividly and again i was on the outskirts of the wrestling team but i remember brett cutting a promo on vince mcmahon while a steel cage was coming down, I believe. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking about? They were taking away the cage. Yeah, and he, was, he, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, bro, I remember, I remember being in the crowd watching that, and I thought that was absolutely phenomenal. And I knew, like, this is the direction, bro. It's and it's the same thing. That's the direction they need to be going right. Now, I, I was talking on my sports Kita show yesterday, and I, I'm like, you know, bro, where, where I would pick this thing up with Roman Reigns is if I'm Roman Reigns and then, he, you know, carrying cross comes in and they do all that jazz. If I'm Roman Reigns, I'm calling out Triple H from the back. And, I, you know, I know you're back there, bro. Bring your ass out here because I ain't going anywhere. This is a live show. Bring your ass out here. And I'd have him go out, and I, I would have Reigns cut the promo that Triple H was behind this entire downfall of Vince McMahon. You wanted this from day one. Look at what you've done since you've taken over. All your NXT darlings. Was there really a friend of a friend of a friend that smartened up the board, Hunter? Was there, who, 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 was there really? Or was it you? That I, that's where I would go. That's what they're missing, bro. They are missing the real true element, bro. If you put wrestlers out there and let, especially when they're pissed off and not in a good place and let them say what they really feel, that's ratings. If you put uh, Moro Rusev out there on AEW right now to say what he really felt, I don't know what they're so afraid of. There, there's something in wrestling, bro. They're so afraid of the truth. They're so afraid of the truth, and they avoid it like the plague. And, 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 and the reason is, I think, bro, is because I talk a lot about the wrestling bubble. The truth doesn't exist in the wrestling bubble. The wrestling bubble is a make-believe fairy tale world. That's the wrestling bubble. Outside the wrestling bubble is truth. And they're so afraid of truth. And truth and reality, bro, and logic, those are all the keys to a compelling television show. And man, right now, if I'm Reigns, I'm I'm accusing Triple H. 
You set this whole thing up. You were behind all this thing. Look at the shit that you're doing now, bro. Don't don't think I'm not smart to you. I mean, I would make that the story. Then, then, bro, you really want to have a soap opera. Then you involve Stephanie, who, of course, takes her husband's side, but is now starting to, wait a minute, bro, you said this, and then you you could make such a freaking soap opera out of that, bro, but they're just so afraid of the truth. So we're going to have Heyman go out there with Reigns every week and make his funny faces and cut the silly promos because that's what we do in the wrestling bubble. So uh, Royal Rumble 97 here. I'll just mention the dark matches real quick. Pero Aguayo Jr. and Venom defeated Maniaco and Mosco de la Merced. Ten minutes in the dark match. Then Blue Demon Jr., Octagon, Teneblast Jr. defeated Abismo Negro, Heavy Metal, and Hysteria. About a 14-minute match. So it seems like, and we'll get into the Royal Rumble too, but a lot of AAA stuff. Is this a Bruce Pritchard thing? Because 1,000%. you have to be able to sell that market because you guys Absolutely. weren't selling tickets. Absolutely. Let's get AAA involved. Absolutely, 1,000%. Absolutely, yep. Is that a thing where Vince is open? Because it didn't seem like he was always open to working with different companies, but sometimes he was. When maybe he's desperate. I, I'm telling you, bro, it goes back to there being a real concern about selling tickets without a shadow of the doubt. So like in this case, they were really playing to the house. Um, so yeah, absolutely, bro. I don't think he had a choice when it came to it for this. In the free-for-all match, Mascarita Sagrada Jr. and La Parquita defeat Mini Mankind and Mini Vader in about five minutes. Again, we were joking around about that this is the last time. If it's becoming the attitude there, you guys, it's like Mexican minis, really? Yep. Oh, excuse me. I don't know. I just, I laugh at that. Like, it's just, it didn't fit. Yeah. Like, no, this I'm, isn't the I'm, 80s I'm, anymore. I'm, you know? I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. And like, like I said, man, I, you know, I can't take ownership of any of this because I just wasn't in that spot yet. I mean, this isn't the 80s where King Kong Bunny's beating up the midgets at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is, this is the 90s, 1997 here. So, yeah. Yeah. Very weird. I don't know. Maybe Vince loved like that. <laughs> like the midget wrestler, I don't know. It's so I, weird that I, they would do that. I, I just think they just looked at that bro as a special attraction. You know, I mean that that's all it was was a special attraction. The kids, bro, I'm sure they sold a shitload of masks. So it was also right. you know merchandising. You know that that's why they did it. So the first match was an intercontinental title match. Triple H, who's the champion, defeated Goldust. Goldust came out with Marlena and. Hughes, Mr. Hughes came out with Triple H. This is pre-China. Seems kind of, and I know he's he said this before Triple H. So it was like kind of generic, like Hughes as the bodyguard. He wanted to do something different. Did you kind of sense the same thing? Like, I don't know, Mr. Hughes is kind of not not passe, but it's like we've seen that before. Let's see something different, and then yeah, eventually bro, bring in China. I, I, I bet you, um, because Mr. Hughes doesn't fit the Triple H character. You know, I mean, right. you know, the character yeah. he was at that time, it doesn't fit. I guarantee you, bro, if I had a guess, uh, Mr. Hughes may have been really down on his luck at that time, needed a payday, needed a job. Maybe they got him inexpensively. Maybe they were thinking of a little bit of a veteran presence in Triple H's corner. But yeah, bro, that, 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 that was not, um, that 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 was not organic. I mean, at all whatsoever. That that was one thousand percent forced. You guys would bring him back a few years later, and he'd be with Jericho too, which was kind of funny. Like he needed a bodyguard, needed help. Yeah. Kind of worked for him. It didn't really work for Triple H for yeah. for whatever reason. But Triple H ends up defeating Goldust in seventeen minutes, thanks to Mister Hughes. So he does help in the match, but. Yeah. Pretty long match to start the show. 17 minutes between Triple H and Goldust. It's pretty good, but I mean, it's yeah. just a long match to start the show. Yeah, very long. Yep. Do you think when you start a show, first match, 10 minutes, I know it should be shorter? Or what do you think? Like, first I, think match, it, I, I think it should definitely be under 10 minutes and just exciting. You know, that's why TNA, we always used to open with the uh, X Division. Just exciting. Boom, 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 boom. Short match. Get the people up. Get them jacked. Get them excited. So I think it should definitely be under 10 minutes. Next match, Ahmed Johnson defeated Farouk with Clarence Mason, Crush, D'Lo Brown, J.C. Ice, and Wolfie D by disqualification in about nine minutes. 
that's such a funny group with that nation of domination. Because obviously, well, uh, that, PG-13 are two white guys. You know what I mean? Crush is a white and, guy. And, and that's another thing, bro. I remember when they did that. I was not a part of that. I'm not, I'm not passing the heat. I'm just being honest with you. I was not a part of that, and I did not get it. I did not under that's that's what I'm saying, bro. There's a lot of forcing. There's a lot of forcing. And bro, like, like I say, man, one of the things about when I write is it's just, it's very organic. You know, you cut, you kind of let this thing write itself and it will, but it, it just seemed that this point in time, they are forcing a lot that just, it's it's not clicking because it's not natural. Sean a babyface, Mr. Use with Triple H. Uh, you know, it's you know, the uh, you know, PG 13 with the nation. Like like, no, bro, none of none of this is organic. And even Clarence Mason with these, like they need a nerdy little lawyer. <laughs> like it's Farouk. He yeah. doesn't need a lawyer. You know what right. I mean? He, he's going to kick somebody. Even in. though uh, Clarence, um, he he was a great character, bro. He was, yeah. he, he was really, really, really good. To me though, I just like, he kind of fits more of like, I don't know, somebody that would need like a, a manager. It's like Farouk. Yeah. He's have this militant group. Doesn't need a lawyer. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, yep, I almost, agree. almost goes against Farouk. Yeah. They're rebels. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Even when Savio was with them, like Savio and Crush, like Savio doesn't particularly make sense in the nation domination either. No, he doesn't, bro. The, the, the this is all this is all going down to they didn't know what to do with these guys, bro. That that's why they put Rocky in the nation. I, I, I remember that. I remember Bruce Pritchard calling me in his office, and you know the the reason they were putting Rocky in the nation of domination was they didn't know what to do with them. I mean that that that's what happens when they don't know what to do with people. They they miscast them because they're just not letting things happen organically. That it I mean, just what, seemed what like big time. time? Yeah. Like, and bro, you, they're doing it today. You know, again, I'm gonna go back to Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Like, what what's the tie? Like, where, where did that 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 you know? Well, Balor's not doing nothing, and Priest ain't getting over. So let's throw the two of them together, bro. Horror. That's a horrible, horrible booking strategy, bro. Agreed. So then the next matchup, Vader with Paul Bearer. You know, he's the heel member. He turned on The Undertaker, so he's managing Mankind and Vader. Vader defeats The Undertaker in about 13 minutes and 20 seconds. Interesting here. Bearer kind of helps um, Vader win. But we were kind of talking about it last night. Vader never really got a push. He was supposedly the rumor was he was supposed to be in Sid's spot. He was going to beat it, lose at SummerSlam. Beat uh, Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series and then lose at the Royal Rumble. It's supposed to be three matches. Obviously, that didn't happen. But it seems like he still was in the good graces because he's beaten the top guy or one of the top guys, The Undertaker here. Yeah. Well, how did the finish go down? So Paul Bearer kind of distracts him. Um, Undertaker went to hit him, did not re- went to go hit Paul Bearer, did not retaliate. Vader hits him with the. Uh, Nails him from behind, knocks him down, hits him with the Vader bomb, and he got the pin. So it's just like distraction by Paul Bearer and Vader. You know, does does his stuff. Not necessarily yeah, cheated, bro, but I, I, distraction. I, I, yeah, I wish I could tell you what was going on at the higher level, like with Vader and what. I I, I can't tell you, bro. I don't know. I I, I remember I, being shocked that he won just because I was like, oh, he's yeah, definitely losing. I'm, I'm They're doing nothing too. with him. I mean, I'm shocked too now that you're telling me he won. So I can't, I can't give you a reason for that, bro. I don't know. I just like even now I look back. It's like, well, he's losing here. He's got a nothing match at Survivor Series. Like, then he beats the Undertaker of all things. Like, who's eventually going to win the world title? It's like, wow. Like, and, but you know they kept him strong because he's in Final Four, at yeah. the, the following pay per view when it's Brett, Austin, Undertaker, and Vader. So I mean, they're kind of keeping him strong. But it was funny. It was like, okay, we're going to de push him, and then oh, well, he's like teeter tottering almost. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't, I can't explain that to you, bro. So then we have more AAA. Kinect, Hector Garza, and Pero Aguayo defeated Fuerza, Guerrero, Heavy Metal, and Jerry Estrada in a six-man tag in 11 minutes. Just more of AAA, basically, kind of suiting to the home crowd yep. and maybe drawing some extra seats because there's four AAA matches and they're going to be in the Royal Rumble, too. Yep, yep. Who is like Bruce's like connection down there? I guess he was with Antonio Pena at that point. Or did you have no yeah, idea about that? I used to see Pena around all the time, so I'm pretty sure that was it. But again, I had nothing to do with any of that. 
fun. As soon as like you guys start like taking offense, it's like oh screw triple A, screw you know what I mean. Like he he kind of moves away from dealing with it. Like he's as soon as he gets big, because if you remember nineteen eighty five. In New Japan was a big part. Like they would send Hogan over there and Anoki and, and everybody, they would pay for Hogan and Andre to go over there. So yeah. they make this real strong connection. All of a sudden, WrestleMania happens and, you know, they start really blowing up. And Vince is like, screw you. I don't need New Japan anymore. And Anoki's like, oh, but I want to book Hogan and Andre. Yeah. Nope, not anymore. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, that's using people as you need them pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I guess it's smart business wise, but it's almost like I'm going to use you until I don't need you anymore. Yeah. Yep. So then we have the Royal Rumble match itself, which is won by Steve Austin. It only goes about 51 minutes, but the real thing here is Austin necessarily didn't win. So the winner is supposed to get a title shot at WrestleMania 13. And the final four technically comes down to fake Diesel, Steve Austin, Bret Hart, The Undertaker. Really, Vader is kind of in the mix there Bro. as well. <laughs> you like if, fake Diesel? If, if fake Diesel was in the final four, you know I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with this so bro i i, I bro i i told you I, all all respect to larry bro i've never seen this show ever i've never seen this show so you never saw steve austin throwing out no. 10 guys dominating no, doing sitting on the rope going like this show. with this with I've the watch i've never seen this oh, show i God. wasn't there and i was i didn't watch it i've never seen this show uh this it's is, a pretty damn good royal rumble though yeah, i like it yeah. This is probably, bro, when I'm 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 literally trying to get a job with WCW at this point. That w- w- this is probably that time because I loved what they were doing and I thought what we were doing was a joke. So th- this is probably around that time. I I may have been checked out. So tell me how the Royal Rumble goes down when the four guys are in the ring. So I'll just mention quickly go through all the guys that are involved. So Crush Ahmed Johnson, fake Razor Ramon, Phineas Godwin, Steve Austin comes in at five and wins the whole thing. So really good run by him. Bart Gunn, Jake Roberts, British Bulldog, Peroth, the Sultan, Mill Mascaris, pretty good there. Uh, Triple H, Austin, uh, excuse me, uh, Owen Hart, Goldust, Cibernetico, Mark Merrill, the Latin lover, Farouk, Savio Vega, Jesse James, Bret Hart, Jerry Lawler, fake Diesel, Terry Funk, The Rock, Mankind, Flash Funk, Vader, Henry Godwin, and the 30th man in was The Undertaker. So it kind of almost, almost it's like fake Diesel shouldn't really kind of be there because really what they were kind of doing was Undertaker and Vader were together doing their thing, and then Brett and fake Diesel were here, but Brett throws out Steve Austin, but the, the all the refs at ringside were paying attention to Cactus Jack, McFoley, and Terry Funk, who were brawling. So it was really well done. And, and like who, I guess Pat Patterson putting this together was really well done because everybody's distracted. Nobody saw Steve Austin get eliminated by Bret Hart. Bret Hart's like, you know, after Austin knocked out 10 guys, dominated, Bret Hart throws him over and like, oh, I got rid of this piece of trash. Nope. Austin sneaks back in. Undertaker and Vader are gone, takes them out. Then he throws out Diesel and Bret. Brett being the last guy he throws out. Then the refs turn around and they only see Steve Austin in the ring. Ding, ding, ding. He's the winner. So it was really well done. Technically, though, Bret Hart already eliminated Austin. He elim- yeah. Then he eliminates fake Diesel. Yeah. He's the last guy, but the refs didn't see it. Austin wins. Yeah, and that's good. That's that's definitely well booked. I mean, there at the end by, by Pat, without a shadow of a doubt. So the whole thing is like, wow, Austin's going on to WrestleMania 13. He's saying this and that, but they're saying, wait a second. How could that be? The refs missed it. Brett really won. So that kind of starts Brett going, you screwed me. You saw yeah. that I won. That was yeah. bullshit. And you're, you're and these fans are cheering for this guy, Steve Austin. Yeah. Like, well, he just cheated. So that was kind of the breaking point Battles. for Brett. Like, how yeah. could you cheer for this che- This guy cheated? Yeah. You That's guys good. loved it. That's good. Yep. Yep. So really, the next month, of course, Michaels in, in the interim, we'll get to the main event in a second, but in the interim, Michaels will lose his smile. Then they have the final four for the title, which is Vader, Undertaker, Austin, and Brett. Right. Uh, Bret Hart would win. Then the next night, Sid beats Brett for the title because Austin cheats again, and the crowd is cheating that he lost the title because Austin cheated. So then the awesome incident happens where Brett thinks he's going to beat uh, Sid in this cage match, or you know, he thinks he's going to be champ again. Austin screws him again. And then he's like, Vince, you know, I had enough. He pushes Vince down. He said, this is bullshit, yeah, cursing yeah, and stuff. Yeah. He says that Sid, he goes, you saw it. You know it. Sid has the infamous line, I don't know shit, crybaby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all good stuff, bro. I mean, that's that, yeah. that's good stuff, all of that. And it was all kind of predicated on, like, 
Michaels wasn't happy, obviously. Yeah. You know, he took his ball and he went home. He lost his smile. He fake yeah. cried. And, all. and then he shows up at WrestleMania. He's doing flips off the rope. He's pointing to his knees, moving it around like it's fine. Yeah. You know, a total F you to, yeah. to Vince and everybody that he's not, and, and to Brett that he's not really hurt. Yeah. That, yeah, I mean that's Sean, and that that that's really where you saw the the change in Sean, and that was really where okay, bro, like Vince kind of really damaged his career and his reputation. Even though I'm sure he was making a shitload of money, but it was then you know go home the smile. When I come back, I'm going to do things my way. Man, just that just pissed me off as a fan because it's like, oh, he's he's injured. He says he's got a knee injury. Never has surgery doing flips off the rope is literally moving his knee around to show you, you know what I mean? Like kind of pisses you off. And I had to piss off Brett. Like what the, like he didn't want to yep. work with me at WrestleMania after I jobbed yep. him the year before. Yep. That's, that's where it started, bro. Yep. Crazy. So Austin at this point in time, tied Hulk Hogan for the most eliminations in a Royal Rumble match with 10. So, I mean, they're really making a strong point that Austin is like, he's great. I mean, this guy is great. But he's no Bret Hart. But then the the crowd is cheering for him over Bret. So yeah. I mean, there's re- is a, a really good tension that's kind of happening, like you say, organically. Organically, with bro. You just go with it, bro. The 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 fans, the crowd, they're always gonna dictate it to you. Just go with it, bro. It's real simple. And Austin, even like as a fan, I remember back then, I was like, man, it's like I, Bret's kind of being a little bit whiny here. Like Austin, who you know, he's, he's just so cool. He's just cheating, yeah. getting away with it. Yeah. F you, everybody. Like, you know, he had that, that awesome, cool vibe to him. And it was almost like you're rooting for him. Who cares if he's cheating? He's, he's, yep. he's, he tricked the refs. Yep. Yep. I so mean, it's, we kinda, had- it's kind of what's happening with Liv Morgan today. It, it's the same thing, bro. You got to go with that. Like the fans start booing her. Bro, first of all, a baby face lied. You know, she basically said, um, I tapped out after the one, two, three. No, you didn't. You sh- so now you got a baby face lying. Yep. Bro, she's getting she's gonna get booed out of building. But the minute you, you're getting that response, Vince Russo, I'm adjusting the script now. Vince McMahon, now he's really gonna shove her down your throat. That's the difference, bro. Definitely. Definitely. And he did the same thing here with Michaels because we have the main event. Shawn Michaels with Jose Lothario defeated Psycho Sid for the championship. Match goes about 14 minutes. Okay, match. Wasn't as good to me, to be honest, as their Survivor Series match, which I which I thought was great. But to Vince, I think he thinks like all is right in, in the world here. Like, oh, Michaels is champ again. All is right. Yeah, absolutely. No, a- absolutely, bro, without a shadow of a doubt. And, and again, being in Texas and being in the Alamo Dome and having Jose Lothario there, I mean, he he set all the odds in his favor as much as he possibly could for Sean to be a babyface. But the interesting thing is he actually cheats to win. Like, he uses a camera. There's a second ref involved. So he cheats to win. So I wonder if he had some, like, you know what? Sid cheated the last time, and he got this big reaction – I'm going to cheat this time and let you know get, and get a good reaction. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was kind of playing to the crowd a little well, bit. Well, you also got to look at this. You also got to look at this aspect of it. Um, Sid came out alone, right? Yeah. And yep. Sean's with Jose Lothario. So, so who's the baby face? <laughs> yeah. 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 I yeah, mean, seriously, yeah. bro. It's, 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 it's stuff like that that you really have to look at. Like, Sid ain't going out with anybody, bro. What? What? Why does? Why does Sean need? And bro, you know Jose Lothario isn't just a manager; he's a former wrestler that could do some damage. So off the bat, bro, you're setting it up like, well, you know, what? Why is it a two on one? You know, it's, yeah, it's it's. it's, it's Bro, there's just so many things like, again, man, that's why I really think it takes a casual and somebody from the outside looking in watching this saying, wait, bro, like, are you are you not seeing this? I think that's what they're missing. Almost like a continuity person, too. Like, wait a second, a babyface manager going up against a heel and then the babyface is kind of going to cheat because the heel cheated first. It's like two wrongs are going to make a right. That doesn't make sense. Like it, it, the continuity is off. Yeah, I agree. I agree, bro. Absolutely. So here, obviously, we have Shawn Michaels and you think that it's him versus Steve Austin technically for WrestleMania 13 because Austin won the Royal Rumble. But in essence, they're really kind of setting up Brett versus Sean because Brett really won the Rumble and got screwed. But all the plans change once 
Shawn Michaels hears that he's losing to Bret at WrestleMania and that um, he's going to lose a smile and not wrestle. So, I mean, everything changes. Then we go to the final four and then Sid is going to be champion the day after the final four, after Bret won the title. So then it's going to be Undertaker and Sid at WrestleMania and Bret versus Steve Austin, which ended up being probably the greatest WrestleMania match of all time in the, in the I quit match. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So did you book WrestleMania 13? What was the main event again? Undertaker versus Sid, and then Brett versus Austin was like the co-main event. And that's before or after the Survivor Series with with, with the with the before. I Austin. No, I did not. No, uh-uh. no. Okay, so were you a part of like the writing theme, or you're you're just kind of observing? Yeah, no, no, bro. I know no, you're writing promos and stuff, but I'm, are you writing? I'm, I'm stuff? not. You know, bro. Technically, technically. I was a part of the writing team. And let me explain to you exactly what I mean. First of all, bro, you got to understand something. I was at Bruce Pritchett's house when Hogan did the turn. And I was like, we're dead. We, we are dead. Because what we, what we were doing at the time was the shits. And this was huge. Okay. So bro, seriously, I would go to Bruce's house. This is this is how it worked. I would go to Bruce's house. Him and Cornette were writing the show. Bro, they were writing the show on a on a on a format. There, there, there was a format, seg one, seg two, and, and they were writing the show. Now, bro, you gotta understand. I'm the magazine guy at this point. So Bruce and Cornette have been in the business for decades. And, and as they're writing the show, bro, I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, do you guys not see how this show sucks as you're putting it on paper? I mean, as you're <laughs> right, writing this right. down, this is awful, but bro, like out of respect, I, my, 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 Spot at that point was to really just listen and learn that that's all I was supposed to be doing was listening and learning. Um, I never really, you know, once in a while I would throw something in, but you know, you got to understand, bro, I'm a magazine guy. I came in as a fan. These guys have been in this business for decades and decades and decades. They're going to listen to what a, you know, what a magazine writer has to say. So at that time, bro, um, you know, I'm kind of like, um, you know, sitting in and listening, maybe throwing something out here and there. I'm trying to get in WCW, bro. I got, I got Nash lobbying for me, bro. I got Jeff Jarrett lobbying for me. And then finally, you know, bro, around this time, um, Bischoff called me. And I had a, I, I had a, a conversation with Bischoff and, and I felt so guilty that I kind of talked to Eric, you know, behind Vince's back. And like that, that's when, after my conversation with, with um, Eric, I told Linda that I wanted to have a meeting with her because my question to Linda was going to be, like if all if all you think I'm capable of is writing the magazine and I'm really not going to go beyond that, I need you to tell me that. Because if she would have told me that, I would have went balls to the wall trying to get in WCW. So I I had the meeting with her. That's when Vince walked in at, at the very start of the meeting. I did not know Vince was going to be in there. And, bro, I said exactly that. Bro, if all you think I'm capable of is writing the magazine, I just need you to tell me that. Vince threw a shit fit. He turned red in the face. How dare you, this and that. And I remember looking at him, and I was, like, puzzled. And I'm like, I don't know what you're getting so hot out. I'm trying to help you, bro. I I, I think I could offer you more. I, I don't know why you're so hot and so upset. That meeting was on a Friday, bro. The following Monday was another shitty raw. And the, the, the next day is when he called me in the office 
and said, this is what the show needs to be. And at that point, it became me, Vince, and Cornette. Bruce got at Bruce took over the talent relations spot. So he was out of the creative altogether. Now it's me, Vince, and Cornette sitting at a table. And now, bro, obviously Vince is bringing me in because there needs to be a change. There needs to be a change of thinking. There needs to be a change of philosophy. And while while the three of us are sitting there, it is crystal clear to me that Vince McMahon and myself are much, much more on the same page than Vince and Jim. And that's when Vince took Jim off of creative, and then it was just him and I. And that was, I remember Cornette was still involved, bro, with the Survivor Series and all that. I, I remember it was me, Vincent Cornette, with the screw job. Uh, he was still involved then, you know, the Chainsaw Charlie era and all that. So it had to be the very end of December or the very, very beginning of the year in January where it was just Vince and I. And then it was just Vince and I for a very, very, very long time. And, you know, that's when Vince said, like, bro, he go, he, he, bro, Vince told me this in 97, 98, whatever. Vince, I don't want to be writing this TV. I, I don't want to be doing this. I've got a lot of things I got to take care of as a yeah. president. That's when we brought Ed in. So now it was just Ed and I just meeting with Vince and letting him know, okay, this is the show explaining everything and laying everything out. So that that's really, bro. That's really how it, um, that's really how it all laid out. When, when, when was the Hogan turn? What, what month of the year? July of 1996. Yeah. July of 96. Like I said, that's when I was working with Bruce and a uh, Cornet. And that, like I said, I was at Bruce's house and I, I, I didn't say anything to Bruce but I'm saying to myself, bro, we're, we are dead because they were going this way. We were going that way. And that that's exactly what happened, bro, the next couple of months until, you know, Vince basically changed the whole foundation of the company. Yeah, and that's like what they need to do now. <laughs> like, and, and they, they kind of have done that now. But bro, you need you God, you 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 need somebody outside of the bubble, man. You just need somebody outside of the bubble. Very true. Let's head towards the plugs. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website tmptempire.com, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Vince, what do you got? You got it right there, bro. Russo'sbrand.com, uh, which is under the uh channelattitude.com umbrella. And then you have patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Vince. We'll see you right back here next time. See you then, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.